Episode 2, Building the Supply Chain and Forming Partnership. Without them, what's your business? Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Costell Startup Podcast. In this fairly short and sharp instalment, I'll be talking about how we went about building a supply chain in order to start producing our product. Now, it's really important to find a supplier that you're able to talk to freely and ask all of those seemingly silly questions. Rest assured that although you may be conscious of asking them, I've been in the very same position and have at times felt like a real fool. But I'm afraid it's unavoidable. These are really important questions in helping you figure out what it is you need to know, what it is you need to do, and what it is each of your partners does, and which link they are in the chain. And to be honest, if you don't know that already, how else are you going to find out? For example, I had never heard of a flavouring house before, but in order to add flavour to our snack, this is who we needed to talk to. I only found this out after a series of questions. But what questions are here, you ask? And to whom? Well, here's the secret. I approached my competition and asked them outright how they'd done it. It was as simple as that. It sounds like an untruth, but I promise it isn't. I genuinely looked at our competition on the supermarket shelf, found out who the owner was, or at least a contact address for the company, and sent an email addressed to them asking the question, how did you add flavoring to your product? This is where my own experiments in the kitchen came in really useful. I tried mixing my own seasonings using readily available dried herbs, salt, pepper, chili powder, but couldn't find a way to get it to even stick initially to my roasted product let alone stay stuck. Lesson number one, don't be afraid to ask for help. And certainly, don't be afraid to approach your competition. They've found the formula for success. So why wouldn't you? By and large, they're going to be happy to provide guidance, as I firmly believe most entrepreneurs out there can clearly remember the time when they were starting up and how difficult it was to find the answers. So who to partner with and how to do it? Whatever your product is, you will likely need help to either make it, market it, or sell it. And finding the right partners is super important. In fact, it's critical. It needs to be a good fit for both of you. It's a symbiotic relationship, as simple as that. Yes, they're likely to be a bigger company than you, but it's also likely that you will eventually bring new customers to them, and therefore you are a channel for their product, and therefore important to them. What I mean by this is you have to treat a conversation with them like an interview. Of course, they'll be interested in your idea and what it is you hope to achieve. But as in an interview, you have to manage your enthusiasm and make them feel as comfortable with you as you can. Being arrogant and telling them your idea is the best idea ever is not going to win you any fans. Equally, as in an interview, it has to be two-way. You need to understand as best you can what they can do and what they can't do. Only when you understand that do you start figuring out how long or short your supply chain will be and how many different partners you need to start talking to. This is obviously very important when it comes to putting your financial forecast together and starting to plan how to fund your idea. Google is, of course, a great place to start, but searching Google efficiently takes skill. This will be time-consuming and possibly quite frustrating. Unfortunately, I don't really have any quick wins here and can't offer much advice to help soothe that frustration. Sadly, you just have to power through. Resources that I found useful when I was trying to better understand my supply chain 
and how to go about contacting companies were, for example, trade bodies or groups. An instance of this was when I started to think about packaging for our product. The BCMPA, or British Contract Manufacturers and Packers Association, was a good place to start in helping me familiarise myself with industry language as well as what it was these companies actually did. Groups like this tend to list members' contact details, so I simply took each one at a time and emailed them what it was I was looking to do and how to go about putting my minimum viable product, or in layman's terms, my first run at a completed product, together and seeking partners to help. A few of these resulted in fruitful conversations, but many didn't. However, I approached each one the same and asked the same questions in order to try and reaffirm, or indeed correct, my understanding of what they did. In all honesty, I was quite overwhelmed at how helpful people were. Some people really took the time to get to know my plan and offered some very pertinent advice. Now, I was most certainly not that eloquent in explaining what I wanted to do, but that's okay. Each time you talk to someone new about your business, you learn to articulate your idea more and more clearly. And as if by magic, your elevator pitch comes together. Depending on how your conversations go, you'll also get a gut feeling about a company, just as you would in a job interview. My advice would be to trust it. Early impressions count. If you feel it's a good fit, move forward and start exploring more at how you can work together. As you start to map out your supply chain, you'll need to start understanding the fees that each partner will charge. This is where you can finesse your negotiation skills. When it comes to negotiations, again, don't be afraid to ask those silly questions. Remember, it's the ones you don't ask that could come back to sting you. Now, if your product is something physical, which contains lots of different parts and requires the contribution of a few different companies to complete, it's likely each company will have their own MOQ, or minimum order quantity. For example, in our case, our base ingredient supplier has an MOQ in kilograms, our flavouring house has an MOQ of each seasoning in kilograms, and our packaging manufacturer has an MOQ of the number of packages they can print and produce. You know, you get the picture. Clearly, this can be a difficult thing for startups to manage. Cash flow in the early days is almost non-existent. My suggestion then is to make sure you properly forecast your costs and make sure you can cover your early expenses. This is prudent early financial management. For us, we've solely relied on bootstrapping so far, meaning we are using our own savings, but are hoping to start thinking about outside help soon, when the costs to fulfill our expected orders are too much for us to fund alone. We'll of course keep you posted on how that goes, but being able to forecast properly in the early days will give investors greater confidence in you later on down the line. Finally, on this point, it's also worth noting that standard invoice payment terms of 30 days probably won't be available for a new business. That said, again, it doesn't hurt to ask for better terms. For example, asking to pay 50% of the invoice now and 50% later upon delivery, instead of all up front or within the fairly tight deadline. They may have already suggested. Here, it's really important that you make clear it's not that you don't have the money. That will just create panic. But by saying something simple like, would you be open to exploring this option? These terms will allow us, as a small business, to better manage our risk. This sounds a lot better, and in fact, a lot more prudent, and will give most sensible partners confidence that you're managing your business well. Plus, it gives you a little extra breathing room, which is always welcome. Due to our desire to outsource our production, we started building our supply chain quite early, and we were very lucky to meet some great companies 
and people within those companies who understood what it was we wanted to do. That said, this took time and research. And as I've mentioned, neither Laura or I have any experience within the food industry. So it certainly wasn't the case that we knew where to go to immediately. We had to kiss a lot of frogs. We've also negotiated a couple of better terms with those suppliers. So I'm not just saying you should do this without experience. It can really help you to manage your costs and build a sustainable business by ensuring that you're not using all your cash reserves up too quickly. At the early stages of starting up, it's all about giving customers, suppliers, and partners reason for having confidence in you. For me, business is all about people. Be honest and open, show some vulnerability in admitting you don't know everything, and I guarantee you it will help warm people up to you, and you'll see the benefit when they go above and beyond to help you. So not only is it important to build a great supply chain so that your business gets off the ground, but your partners are very important in providing the encouragement you need and can often boost your confidence. But it's a two-way street. My philosophy is to treat these relationships like I would my first client, because like a client, your supply chain is your lifeline. Without them, what's your business? Well, that's it for episode two. I hope this was again of some use and there were some things of interest. Before I go, here's the packing list for the Costel Startup suitcase. One, if you decide to outsource your production, like we did, start researching and mapping out who you'll need to work with. Ask lots of questions. Two, who to partner with, trust your gut. Three, don't be afraid to negotiate and get a better deal. After all, it's your business on the line. Four, your supply chain is important. Trust people and let them do what they do they'll help your business get off the ground. In the next episode, I'll be looking at how we went about protecting our idea. This podcast was recorded by TRPC Media using Hindenburg Systems and sampled sounds from freesound.org.